0: Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line. And now, here are your hosts, award-winning influencer and pioneering author of seven books, Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University.
1: I always remember when I was in sales, people used to look at salespeople and would get very jealous basically you know why is the salesman getting bonus and how much bonus are they getting you know they're they're the ones that are putting the ball in the net
0: you just focus on the quarterback and ignore the offensive line or ignore the the defense or the special team that team is not going to do well even if their star player does very well that person needs to be within a system that operates well I'm still not convinced that Luton Town is a real place. I feel like that was a name that you made up on the spot when you were under some pressure and now you're forced to just stick with
1: it. So, Ryan, I've been waiting to talk about football or soccer, as you would call it, for ages yeah. You haven't been waiting very patiently,
0: Colin. You seem to bring it up about
1: every other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know you say that the Cleveland Browns play football, but they don't. They play they play a form of American football is how us Brits would describe it.
0: Well, they've been right. doing better this season, but a lot of people, even within America, would say Cleveland Browns have not been playing football for a very long time. <laughs>
1: anyway so today we're actually going to be doing the second of a new format that we've um, defined which is uh, a format called none of us are as clever as all of us so for those of you that are subscribed to my newsletter on linkedin you'll know that every two weeks i share with people some interesting articles that i've been reading that follows along the lines of what I've said many times before, which is none of us are as clever as all of us. Good ideas can, can come from anywhere. And therefore, we've put that thought into practice with the podcast now. And what we've asked for, and you can do the, the exactly the same as this if, if you wish, we have asked the, uh, the community to submit any new thoughts they've got, any interesting ideas that they've got, any new reports, any new statistics just an opinion that you may have, and just submit a five-minute video. And the good news is that we've had a few of these come through. This is the second that we've done of these. And we have with us today Justin Stafford. Uh, Justin is the founder of a company called Customer Smarts, and they're based in Sydney in Australia. And he does a podcast as well called Customer Smarts. So check that out as well. All of Justin's details, his podcast and everything else will be in the show notes below. I'm going to run his podcast. And the good news, mate, is Justin is going to talk about the analogy of football or soccer.
0: Well, actually, I think, Colin, you'll find he's going to talk about the analogy of Australian rules football. So oh, um,
1: well, it's it another
0: be. sub-variant. So, yeah, you're not out of the woods
1: yet. You uh, yeah. Actually, I'll tell you what. In our, my correspondence with him, as we were chatting about this over email, uh, he, he's actually uh, an expert that I believe support, supported Fulham. Oh, well,
0: then I guess that makes him okay.
1: Yeah, it does. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's just one
0: of the lads now. In case we are scaring off any non-footballers of any flavor, Justin's going to talk about a, a footballer or sports as an analogy, which regardless of what type of football you like, if any, I think is pretty useful and very interesting. So stay tuned, even if you are not a footballer.
1: Here's Justin, and here's his thoughts about how customer experience and football link together. So how does a football
2: team become number one? Now, my context is from an AFL perspective, But the concept applies to other team sports like soccer or even basketball. In most of these sports, you tend to have a defense or back line where the goal of the players is to stop the opposition from scoring goals. Then you have a middle or center line where the job of the players is to link the movement of the ball from the defensive half of the ground to the forward or offensive half of the ground. And then you have the forward line or offense to score the goals. But Don't worry, non-sports fans, I'm not going to get too technical. That's about it from here on. Now that we have that established, here's the pathway to become the number one team. First step normally starts with a new coach who needs to design a new game style and system. They start by developing a vision and a plan on how to become the number one team with the players they have, much like a new CEO would do. The most important part of their plan is designing a game style and system that defines how each of the players will work together to move the ball to beat competitors. The most famous example of this actually comes from basketball. Chicago Bulls coach, Phil Jackson, could have designed a game system around the best player of all time, Michael Jordan. Instead, he designed a system to get the best from every player. So Jackson guided Jordan's focus away from being the best player to being part of the best team which is really their secret recipe to them winning six championships in nine years. Step two, getting player buy-in to the system. Great coaches are great communicators. Same can be said for great CEOs and executives. If the players can't understand the game system and how to action it, then it's not gonna work. Sometimes you see a team of superstar players, but aren't winning all their games. It's because they really are lacking a system. Step three, Test and practice the game system. Coaches meticulously design training programs for players to adopt the new system. This involves breaking down the system into manageable components and relentlessly practicing them. The goal is to optimize the movement of the ball and synergy between the players. Step four, implementing the system on game day. Once the season comes along, it's time to play to the game system. Like with anything new, Sometimes it works straight away, but more often than not, it takes a little while for the players to get it working properly. Step five, assessing success through the team's ability to play the system. From 2017 to 2020, the Richmond Football Club in the AFL won three premierships in four years. Their coach, Damien Hardwick, attributed victories and defeats to adherence or deviation from their system. The players had just such great clarity of the Richmond way, which was pivotal in their success. Look, I hope the football analogies hasn't overwhelmed you, but the core takeaway is that to become number one, you need a game system that helps players understand how they work together to beat competitors. In the AFL, they say systems-based teams win premierships. So when you compare the focus and effort on designing a system to get people working together in elite sport, it becomes really clear to me that most organizations are really lacking in this area. So let's move on to what systems organizations are working to when it comes to delivering customer experience. From what I see, there are two core ways, a product-centric system and a customer-centric system. A product-centric system is the default traditional way of structuring a business by product type or business unit, often operating in silos and competing against each other to hit their siloed targets. Many companies are still stuck using this model. Now, as this episode has a football theme, I'm going to explain the problems with a product-centric culture and operating system as if it were a football game. The ball represents the customer. And I'm going to put on my best commentator's voice for dramatic effect. We're all set and ready for kickoff. The product teams are gathered around the center of the field, licking their lips, ready to get going. And we're off. The ball is up in the air and, oh, the product teams are supposed to be on the same team but are fighting over the ball. One product team eventually wins the ball and passes it to marketing. Marketing looks forward and kicks the ball long into the forward line where... Sales and Digital, oh, they're competing for the ball. There's a bit of a scrap, but Digital eventually wins and converts. Then the crowd goes wild. Oh, looks like Sales is unhappy. They're throwing their hands in the air, complaining to the umpires that, oh, the ball was flat and they couldn't convert. Further into the game, Marketing complains that Sales aren't catching enough balls and Digital is too injured to convert any customers. Meanwhile, at the defensive end of the ground, Customer service is missing players and being overwhelmed by customer complaints, zipping past them, balls going everywhere to the competitor's advantage. They keep complaining to the coach, but the coach is only focused on kicking goals and barely looking at the defensive half. Tech is focused on building a better stadium whilst trying to repair the players' boots. It seems all the players are complaining that the boots aren't good enough and are in a queue to get them fixed. Tech doesn't seem happy either. They're responding that they can't find enough boot technicians because there's not enough out there. They just don't exist. So, screaming, don't bother asking. Finance is sitting quietly on the sidelines running the team statistics, analyzing performance, asking whether they should increase the goal target next game by 15%. Okay, back to my normal voice. If this was a football team, they would be getting flogged and the coach would be sacked. But The game analogy I just commentated is based off what I've experienced firsthand and what I keep hearing from industry leaders. The product centric system is a losing system. Okay, let's move on to the winning system that the most progressive companies are working to, which is a customer centric culture and system. Some organizations have recognized this and have been on a transformation journey for numerous years, but there are only a handful of those who are doing it well. So what is a customer-centric system? Firstly, it's a commitment to put the customer first, structuring the organization around your core customer segments or goals, and then operating accordingly. No more competing in silos, instead working together on shared customer goals to deliver the best customer experience possible. It's more collaborative and efficient. Just think about Apple. They're the best example of being customer obsessed and their impact really speaks for itself. Interestingly, many companies actually claim to be customer centric, but are a long way off systemizing it or operating in a customer centric way. I thought that was really good, didn't you?
0: Oh, it was brilliant. Um, Yeah, no. And uh, uh, Justin, if you ever want to stop doing your day job, I think sports commentating, you got that nailed friend like that was great and and
1: and actually not only was that very good but there's going to be another key moment of this show because i'm going to issue you ryan with an apology because oh, cle- <laughs> because clearly he was talking about the afl the uh, australian football league uh, uh, and, and not that was, soccer
0: that's really all i needed um justin you've you've done what you came to do <laughs> um forced colin to issue an apology and that's uh, that's all any of us could ask for. So. No, that was, it was, I mean, let me start. I love an yeah. analogy, right? I, I lo- yeah, I love. There's so much power in being able to express an idea through another vehicle, so that people look at it in a different way. Um, there's just yes. I love an analogy, and this one was a great one, right? Um, yes. People are, are, even if you're not familiar with Australian world's football, is clearly Colin is not. <clears throat> You know the, the the sports metaphors work very well, and I, I think there's this is a rich a rich idea that we can really dig into. So thank you, Justin. That was really really great.
1: Yeah, no, very good, Justin. Very good. And I agree with Ryan. Analogies are great and are really good ways of of, of communicating. So so let let's let's pick it apart and uh, just just um, give our view on things. We did a podcast two three weeks ago where we were talking about. The role of finance in the customer experience, HR in the customer experience. We'll put a link in the show notes again. And I think there we talked about the supply chain. Therefore, you know, you know everybody lining up to actually provide the customer with, with something. And I think the analogy that uh, Justin used of defence, midfield, and then offence or attack is absolutely right, isn't it? You know, is everybody together working as a team? a common goal the common goal is ultimately profitability but an improved customer experience for me i when i listened to that i thought yeah it's a supply chain basically yeah um, yeah no it's
0: uh i think that the metaphor works well for a lot of different reasons for many sports there are it's not all positions on the the field are kind of equally flashy or equally likely to score and yet, for a team to function well, they all have to be working together and in harmony. And I think that the same is true of many organizations. A lot of times, the salespeople are in kind of the flashiest like position in the company. They're the ones who close the deals. And there's a risk that, therefore, they start to accumulate power, that they're, they have more influence in the organization, and that they, that is merited. Uh, because of that position but it's just like any you know american rules football where you give kind of you just focus on the quarterback and ignore the offensive line or ignore the the defense or the special teams. that that team is not going to do well even if their star player does very well he, that person needs to be within a system that operates well and so i think the metaphor works very well in that regard like as to your point like finance and it and operations, like everybody needs to be on board and ideally on board with increasing customer value.
1: Yes. Ryan, I've got some interesting facts for you around the number of 80,000. I am happy to sit at your feet and learn your wisdom, Colin. What are these facts? Did you know that
0: 80,000 kilometers is the circumference of the earth? As far as you know, I did know that. (laughs) Did you know, Colin, that 80,000 is roughly the population of Livermore, California, home of the Lawrence Livermore National
1: Laboratory Science Center? No, I didn't. What's more incredible, Ryan, is 80,000 people is the number of people who have subscribed to the LinkedIn newsletter, Why Customers Buy, that I write every week.
0: Colin, if you were able to get all of your readers together, you could form your own city. I could. And if we put them end to end, they may
1: even go around the circumference of the earth. If they were all one kilometer tall, that <laughs> is true. So if you'd like to join the other 80,000 people who enjoy the Why Customers Buy newsletter each week, then simply go to LinkedIn, look up my name, and you'll see the newsletter there. We look forward to seeing you every week. And I think the other thing I would say is that I think the reason I also like it, you know, because you you know that I'm a season ticket holder at Luton Town, okay? Yeah, the only one as far as I know. Is that correct? <laughs> just, they've built up oh, like a on, your, on your bike in on your bike. Hands. <laughs> well we have been promoted to the Premiership. Yes, so you mentioned. <laughs> so we've been we've been playing people like Tottenham Hotspur and oh. we're going to be playing Arsenal and Man up, City uh, and, really. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Anyway, long and short of it is that the the reason I, I was thinking about this analogy a bit further was that within the, the, the soccer environment, and I'm sure this applies in American football and everything as well, is the forwards tend to get paid more Yeah. Okay. than the left back. Because the left back's a bit of a boring job. You're defending and it's not glamorous the center forwards like the key thing and and they're like in the transfer market they get double the amount of money than anybody else does you know so on and so forth and it made me think that that's the sort of the same analogy i always remember when i was in sales people used to look at salespeople and would get very jealous basically you know why is the salesman getting bonus and how much bonus are they getting you know they're they're the ones that are putting the ball in the net However, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you can have the best centre forward in the world. If they're not getting the service, to your point, then you're not going to score. So you've got to have the whole team working towards that goal, haven't you?
0: Yeah, I mean there there are numerous examples of the best players in the league not leading their team to championships. And it happens probably more frequently than it than not. To the point, because the businesses and uh, sports teams are not made by a single individual or by a single department within an organization. It all kind of has to be yeah. cohesive. No, I agree. I, I mean, I think another, like one sign of dysfunctional organizations that I've observed or that I've, I've been a part of tends to be this internal focus on uh, kind of turf defense or of kind of power grabbing within the organization where like I want to increase like my purview or I want to like off-shift blame to you or... One nice thing about sports teams when they function well is that people know their role. Like That is very clearly, you are in this part of the field or your job is to do this. I think a lot of companies, we could be, be doing better at that where there's these bright lines of responsibility around like this is what you do and this is how you help in this larger process of moving the ball forward. I, th- I think that uh, in sports, obviously it's a simpler system, but we, we tend to be better at that and, and sports teams fall apart when people do not respect the the job that they're in. And when you've got somebody on defense really like trying to push the ball forward because they want more of the glory.
1: Yeah. Which is where I love the, the commentary that uh, Justin did, which I thought yeah. was, was great. So, word well on, Justin. Oh, well, and I think you should do more silly voices in the context
0: of our <laughs> podcast. I would really appreciate that if you could play more roles.
1: But building on that, I mean, again, if I listen back to that commentary, he was he was talking about the fighting of the different products teams together, the fighting of, of sales and the digital channels together, the finance the finance team just looking at the stats and going, should we increase the target? Sort of oblivious to everything else that's happening. I can't remember which team, the IT team, looking at the stadium and uh, the, the you know the studs of the boots and stuff like that. It actually made me think of. Luton Town, who I don't know if I've told you, but they're in the Premiership this year. Have I told I you that?
0: You. No, <laughs> I was not aware of
1: that.
0: <laughs> to be clear, I'm still not convinced that Luton Town is a real place. I feel like that was <laughs> a name that you made up on the spot when you were under some pressure and now you're forced to just stick with it. Um, I'll
1: send you some videos, mate, okay. of us in the Premiership. I don't know if I've told you, but they're in the Premiership. But the ground, that maybe longer you no like your metaphor. Um, a bit of fun. <laughs> the the ground that we're in uh, Luton was formed in um, 1885 Wow okay? so the ground we're in is over a hundred years old and it's nothing like the, the stadium that you guys would be used to so it seats about 11,000 people okay and it is really a and they're, they're looking to move okay you're playing your in someone's backyard. <laughs> Well listen mate, I, I'll put a link in the video down below. It literally the away fans literally have to go through somebody's back garden to climb up to watch the game. But the reason I was I was thinking of this is that about the the infrastructure is that because it's such an old ground there are many more men's toilets than women's toilets okay why? Because back in a hundred years ago, women didn't go to football. Okay? The other interesting part is it because I take my my son comes with me, my dad used to go with me. So my son comes with me, my daughter comes with me, and now my granddaughter comes with us to watch the game. The thing is that they water the pitch at half time because they play a certain type of football in the premiership that is try to be attractive. The point I'm trying to get to is this, that when they water the pitch, the toilets in the ladies don't flush <laughs> because all the water <laughs> is being used to, all the water is being used to water the, the, the pitch. And I guess the analogy I'm trying to draw there is sort of the commitment of everybody, including the customer, to the goal of winning, <laughs> I mean, that I, I've always said is true loyalty. There are four leagues in the English Football League, and we went down to the fifth league. And for us, and so over the 25 years we've been supporting them, us to stay with them as we were going around to all these little clubs and, and get demoted, relegated, which I know you guys don't have, it really puts a strain on your... Loyalty, But the key part is, and I'm going to shut up in a minute, the key part is that loyalty. And the other thing I'd like to say about Justin's talk, which I thought was great, is notice how he mentioned Apple and providing a good customer experience. So, I mean, that's another reason why we've had him on board today. That was was all you
0: needed, uh, football and Apple, and you're, you're all on board. I was going to make uh, two points about um, what Justin said. One, one is a little bit uh, tongue in cheek here, but I, I did like how, in his metaphor, the customer was the ball that was getting kicked and passed around. And I, I do, again, not knocking on his metaphor. Obviously, they all uh, only extend so far. But I did, I did think that's a funny way of thinking about your customer. Like, let me, let me kick this customer to um, another player, <laughs> like to another part of the organization.
1: I could tell you lots of experiences. Yeah, no, that, I, that is also something <laughs> that we um,
0: And the, the other point that I was going to raise um, about everything that Justin said is essentially a call to be more customer-centric in your organization. Yeah. And I worry that there are people who will hear that and roll their eyes and go like, well, ugh, that's old news. Sure. And it, it is. Like, people have been talking about this for 20, 30, 40 years yeah. at this point. And I'm a, I'm a big believer in it is the usefulness and importance of an idea that should drive us and not its newness. I think that there are a lot of people in business who want kind of the newest, shiniest idea. And yeah. what is it that people are talking about? And in the process, and that's fine if you've already done all the other stuff. <laughs> and it's my in my experience, it is not the case that people have done all the other stuff instead they just want to be distracted by the new the reason that it's worth talking about customer centricity still or again is because so many firms don't do it still and there's lots of evidence at this point that firms that are more customer centric tend to perform better in the stock market they tend to have more loyalty they tend to have more sales and yet we still have firms that are as justin put it product focused um that are kind of engineering-led firms or that are operations-led firms. And while those strengths can be very useful, I would argue that those strengths should be leveraged to provide better service to the customer. It is the customer that matters. So yeah, um, we'll keep beating the customer-centricity drum as long as it needs to be. It's not a new idea, but it is a very important idea, and it is still an opportunity for
1: far too many companies. Yeah. And a couple of other things that Justin said that really struck home with me, which I, I would agree with. One is when you get a new CEO, the new CEO looks for, you know, CEO, CMO, manager, whatever. When somebody starts a new job, they, they want to make an impression. They want to do something different. And customer centricity can be can be one of those things. I thought the other thing that he said, which I thought was really good, was great coaches are great communicators. And I think that's very true. The other thing that he said, which I thought was good, is that uh, effectively, he's obviously making the case for, you know, a system one, which is the, uh, the product system, um, and system two, which is the customer-centric system. When you make that change, it's not going to happen overnight, and things will go wrong. But everybody needs to know what they do. Everyone needs to know their part in what they do. So, and this goes back to our podcast the other week, which was, it's not just about, it's the frontline people. It's not just the forwards that have to score or have to feed the, 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 the forwards with the ball. They are there as part of the system and everybody plays an integral part in that system. And you've got to communicate that in a way And as Justin said, it takes time for a a new system to work. So you've got to have faith that it's going to work. Okay. Uh, Any further thoughts, mate, before we
0: bring it to a close? Uh, No, just a final thank you to Justin for contributing to this segment. Uh, It was great listening to his ideas and getting to engage with them. Uh, And I hope others will. Choose to join us in this process as well. If you've got a thought out there that you'd like to get out, Colin will review again how you can do that. But but please join us in, in kicking around these these new ideas. Give us something. Uh, give us your perspective because we would love to engage. Yeah. With them.
1: So it's a new idea. It's a report. It's a difference of opinion. Uh, you know, whatever it is that you, you want to do, we'll, we'll take it's one another metaphor. We love that. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to do that, there will be a link in the show notes. You simply click on the link, you fill out the form, which effectively tells us what your thoughts are. Uh, We just are checking that just to make sure that you don't have to spend a load of time doing a video that we don't end up using. Once you fill the form out, we'll communicate with you and let you know what what we think, and hopefully we'll get you on the show. So we look forward to seeing those submissions, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks very much, everybody. Cheers. Thanks very much for listening to the show today. We really hope you've enjoyed it. And if you have, it would be really great if you could leave us a review.
0: This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcasts. We look forward to talking with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.